Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of Angry Afro Radio and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the Angry Afro Radio YouTube page. Our discussion took place Sunday, September 12th. Our main topic was the Triller Trash Boxing Show of September 11th, and particularly the utter disgrace of putting 58-year-old Evander Holyfield in the main event fight. Holyfield was quickly TKO'd in the first round. We discussed boxing's devolution from the sweet science into being a sadistic spectacle like this how these circus fights have become the dominant trend in boxing, how this is related to boxing's purposely corrupt and fragmented governance, why there must be new legislation to regulate boxing, and much more. All this is part of our in-depth coverage of the corrupt world of boxing and sports governance in general. But before we get to that, a word from the sponsors of No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double-End Bag, the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double-End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Fight Shop. Advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls, that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And... Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, 
Please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon for much more No Holds Barred content that's at patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. Now, you can also support our independent No Holds Barred journalism by purchasing items such as t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, pillows, masks, and even mini skirts at the new No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman shop on Red Bubble. It has also been recommended to me that people choose sizes on the large side, as some items may run small. You can browse all the items for sale and then place an order at redbubble.com slash people slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. Welcome to the War Room, everyone. I am your host, Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess, and I am here with my co-host, award-winning sports journalist, Eddie Goldman, and women's boxing historian, Melissa Smith. And today, we have to talk about that Triller Trash boxing event that happened last night between Evander Holyfield. That was so, so so sad to watch Evander Holyfield being knocked out in the first round and Tito Ortiz, which I was happy about, got knocked out in the first round by Evander uh, uh, Anderson Silva. So um, let's just jump right into that. Melissa, did you watch this uh, show at all? Well, for one, I would never put a nickel to Triller because (laughs) it was just, you know, are you kidding me? And then they had the Donald times two as their commentators on friggin' 9-11. Hello, you kidding me? But, um, you know, I did see the end, the Holyfield fight. Somebody had recorded and put it on Triller. And I tell you, I got emotional when I saw him go down and then come back up and then get waved off. I sat there, I had tears in my eyes and I I don't cry over boxing. Right. But it, heartbreaking it it, it was heartbreaking and it just put me in mind to so many 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 historical things about you know the circus-like atmosphere and there's something about Evander Holyfield as a 58 year old black man who has dedicated his life to boxing and if you've seen him in any of the interviews and if you've watched him work out ahead of this fight you see that he is crippled by boxing and there's just something so sad and so pathetic about it all. And I, I can't help but relate it to just the exploitation of people, of people who work with their hands, mm-hmm. who work with their bodies. Absolutely. And here's a man who's laid it all in the ring countless times. And to see him where he was last night, just to me was beyond, you know, the, the, the film concept, construct of Requiem for a Heavyweight. This is requiem for a nation because you had an ex-president opining on the fight as it was going on. And, and, and what it has to say about America 2021 is heartbreaking. Right. So that was sort of where I went to watching that. Eddie, uh, you wanted to, I know you've got a breakdown about this. So let's hear it, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I also wouldn't pay less than a nickel for this garbage. Somebody posted it up on YouTube, which, by the way, happens most of the time with these these pay-per-views. So if you don't have to see it 
live. You just wait till it comes on on YouTube. To me, this whole show and this fight shows that this do- what is now a dominant trend in boxing, instead of having even, even the pretense of the best fighting the best, unifying titles and all of that, you're having one excuse after another, garbage fights, mismatches, uh, interim titles, champion and recess and all this nonsense to avoid the top fights going on. So the dominant trend now are these circus fights. That's what's been dominating pay-per-view. That's what's been dominating the headlines. That's what's been dominating social media. And what it shows that with the utter chaos and corrupt governance in boxing outside of these circus fights, that since this has now become mainstream, that the sport of boxing has dropped the veneer of being the sweet science and it is now dominated officially and openly to becoming and being a sadistic spectacle. That's all that it is. You're seeing all the, these old guys that shouldn't be anywhere near a ring getting in. You're seeing uh, MMA guys boxing like Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz. You're seeing Belfort, who was TKO'd by Randy Couture in UFC back in 1997, is being put forward as this big, tough boxer. And, of course, Holyfield, whose best days are over 20 years ago, being brought out because reportedly he had been promised fights by Kavanaugh from Triller, and he wasn't getting those fights. And this fight was supposed to uh, feature De La Hoya versus Belfort. De La Hoya got COVID, so this was supposed to be at the Staples Center. And the California Commission approved that fight. But Deloya had to pull out. When they put in Holyfield, the California Commission said, this is too much for us. And they wouldn't sanction the fight. So they move it to Florida with a Florida commission, presumably DeSantis people, sanctioned the fight. And this was all purely legal. This shows how absurd the governance, the regulation of, of boxing is that you put in Holyfield, who he looked, you know, he's in physically fit, but he can't box anymore. He can't move anymore. He, he couldn't really talk. Do, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he, it's, which has been getting worse and worse over the years. And yet he's, he's allowed by a, a state athletic commission, part of the Association of Boxing Commissions, to get in the ring and fight on a major card and people get give all this attention. And on top of it, who do you have commentating on it is the, the king of sadistic spectacles, Donald Trump. It, it's, it's also, it's also a real white supremacist aspect to this whole thing yeah. because they do not want to focus on who are the top fighters in the world in boxing? There aren't too many top fighters, and they've historically 
done this, where they invented Rocky Balboa during the heyday of Ali, Frazier, and Foreman, and, and those guys. And they invented and really overhyped uh, Jerry Cooney during the heyday of Larry Holmes' heavyweight reign. And if you look at what the alternatives to professional boxing and combat sports or even Erzat's combat sports like professional wrestling, for many, many years, professional wrestling, which is obviously not a sport, it's scripted, did not allow a black champion in their organizations. It was only around in the 1990s that the WCW made uh, Ron Simmons their champion. And this is, of course, long after, you know, a lot of the people we've we've mentioned and WWF, WWE was even was even later than that. And now you had after this coming. And these are real fights in MMA and the UFC. You get them promoting these brawls. What was key for the development of UFC was that the brawl between uh, Stefan uh, Bonner and Forrest Griffin on the Ultimate Fighter show. They're just two guys standing there winging at each other. And, and again, any semblance of sweet science, again, adapted to MMA rules, was thrown out the window. People just wanted to, they appealed to people to see brawls. And it was, who, who are the people that they're appealing to to promote the, the most vulgar forms of fighting? It's the same demographic that this thriller is promoting uh, and calling this boxing. And again, they're taking advantage of the complete lack of regulation of any, the complete lack of any unified regulatory body in boxing with any power. Is there any movement or going to be any movement in the Congress to update all these uh, acts that were passed in the, the 90s and the 2000, the Muhammad Ali Boxing Reform Act to create a national commission or anything like that. I don't think there's any movement for that. I think what's actually happening is that boxing is a professional sport, is more and more just declining, becoming more and more marginalized, and more and more people are leaving it for one thing or another. And you're starting to see articles more and more. I mean, you've seen this for a long time. The boxing is dead. Boxing doesn't necessarily die. It kills itself and it drives its fans away. And I think that you're starting to see that more and more because they, they could, back in the day, like, you know, Melissa mentioned Requiem for Heavyweight. If you watch that, the movie version of it, 1962, it opens with uh, Anthony Quinn, who's playing uh, Mountain Rivera, getting beaten up by a young up-and-coming fighter, played by himself, then known as Cassius Clay. Of course, later became known as Muhammad Ali. They actually had him in the movie, and that was part of the whole plot that they thought he was, that uh, uh, Mace Rennick, the Jackie Gleason character, bet against his own fighter, and he thought uh, it would be over more quickly than it was. And uh, the gangsters who were doing the gambling didn't really like that. Now now the betting is becoming legal all over the place. You think it's going to be any 
different? You think there aren't going to be fight fixes just like that because you have DraftKings and all these others? Not necessarily those organizations doing it, but there are lots of ways to fix it. So people are just getting disgusted with this and moving away. And you, you had an article today in the New York Times about this bemoaning this fact, but they even admitted in that article, they're writing about this crap. Was anybody writing in the New York Times about uh, the kickoff for the two heavyweight fights coming up in a couple of weeks of Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk on September 25th and uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3 on October 9th. I didn't really see uh, too much stuff about that in the mainstream media. Did anybody write about the fight in France that took place with uh, Olympic gold medalist Tony Yoka? Uh, sort of a, really a step-up fight for as a pro for him that took place. You, you hardly saw anything about any of that. But this crap, you see mentioned all over the place. And on top of it, you're starting to see more articles admitting that who is still a key player in boxing? Daniel Kinahan. There was a big article uh, today that uh, Kieran Cunningham did on a bunch of uh, sites. I saw it on the, uh, the Buzz, the Irish Buzz site, and I linked to it on, uh, on Twitter, talking about how he's still a major figure in the sport of boxing. And how this is a guy that the the Irish High Court has said is a leading figure in organized crime. And what does that mean that he does that he does? He's involved in drug running, according to the Irish authorities. He's involved in murders. He's involved in money laundering. He's involved in all of these types of things. And this is a guy who is a major advisor because what is an advisor? The, the U.S. regulations talk about promoters and managers. What is an advisor? It's something separate from that. And these laws have to be updated. So you just can't call yourself an advisor when you're really part of the management team and just mm -hmm. give yourself give yourself another title. It's, it's utterly absurd. This has already been done. You know, Al Heyman is an advisor and his PBC puts on all these shows is not considered a promotion. These definitions are outdated, but unlike the 1990s, when boxing was still kind of vibrant, when there was a lot of buzz, when Holyfield was in his prime, the great trilogy with Riddick Bowe, uh, Tyson was returning from being in prison and all of that. People just don't care. People just thrown up their hands at this point about it. So I just think it's going to uh, more and more decline and uh, wither away. And I think particularly younger generations are going to look at it and say, you know, what, what do we even got to be involved with this stuff? And I'd said this for a long period of time. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but there's, there's a, there's a uh, spiral downhill. And there's another article that I linked to from uh, Deutsche Welle, where this uh, prominent neurologist who was quoted as talking about boxing, 
In ancient Rome, gladiators were killing one another. We don't do that. It's illegal. I think future generations will look at boxing as it exists today in just the same way. And, and I think that's accurate. And that's already in just the last couple of decades, we're starting to see that. So it's it's horrible because we could talk about the benefits of boxing, but all the damage it's doing shows that I don't think it can be saved. I don't see that there's enough time, there's enough energy to save it before it completely destroys itself or becomes so marginalized that it's, it's you know, something completely fringe like cockfighting or something like that. So not a, not a good prognosis for it, which is another reason why I try to spend more time uh, promoting and talking about some real good wrestling events. Well, all right. Well, we're not going to talk wrestling today, Eddie. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just letting you know my thinking. Okay. But okay, so there's a whole lot I can talk to you. I want to talk to you about this because Ryan Kavanaugh, you talked about Canahan, but is Canahan related to Kavanaugh in any way? Are they connected? I mean, how not, did, not that I know of, but about, I mean, Ryan Kavanaugh, I know was a Hollywood producer or something. He starts a big promotion, but he's, he's kind of like merging wrestling and boxing and MMA all into one, you know, one show or one platform. Cause I went to their IG page and it looks like a wrestling, like you go and it's like all the promos look like wrestling events, even though it's the fake wrestling. Yeah. The fake wrestling event, not the uh, Olympic style wrestling, but yeah. So where do you think, how does Ryan Kavano jump into the scene like that? Do you think there's somebody like uh, Kenahan behind him, or do you think? Because in my mind, I'm thinking he's he he put this shit together maybe just to you know launder some money, <laughs> you know. Pay, he pay has him. a lot of money, and right? he has you're enough. overpaying fighters like uh, by a lot. So I don't know if this company is making money or not, and if it isn't, it could uh, it could fizzle in a short time, but it, it, it might be, I don't really know the, the finances of this whole situation, but he's taking advantage of a situation that people are pissed off about that. People want to see boxing and they're pissed off about the product that they're being given. I've been asked by people, a couple of people recently, a simple question. Who is the heavyweight champion of the world? I mean, I remember when we had Ali and Tyson. Well, who is that today? And you start to explain to them about the WBA and the WBC and all this crap. And uh, they just, they roll their eyes. They can't believe it. It's, it's like, you, it's so absurd. You, you know, they know you're not making it up, but it sounds completely unbelievable. What other sport is, is run like that? Maybe maybe MMA and kickboxing, so other other fight sports. So it just it just gets worse and worse all the time. Uh, so he took advantage of that by putting on this crap, by putting on celebrities of the past, prominent fighters of the past, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, Evander Holyfield, bringing in some of these MMA guys bringing in these 
uh, YouTube guys, uh, the the Paul brothers, and all this. This is this is this is becoming just a complete ridiculous spectacle. But he he is admitting that he's not doing it to like maintain the sanctity of boxing or anything. He's doing it purely for entertainment. And he knows that this kind of shit sells to the people he's trying to sell to, which is white boys, white young men, because he knows that the boxing has declined so much that only men over the age of 50 are watching it. So he's just, it, it, you know, part of it seems like he's being an opportunity, opportunist, but you know, it seems something's off about this whole production scene, this whole promotion scene, I should say. Uh, you know, Lisa, when, what do you when, think? Yeah, when I'm looking at it, I mean, there's a few things. Number one, there is no regular boxing show on television anymore, never mind cable. Um, and, you know, uh, until a few years ago, we had Friday Night Fights on ESPN. It was a place to go. You, you knew six, seven months out of the year you were going to watch reasonable quality boxing on a weekly basis and you got to know it and you got to expect it and yeah we would all get teed off because ESPN always started late because there was some basketball game somewhere that held it up but it was every week and you had Showtime had a regular platform you had HBO with a regular platform and and years before that it was on mainstream television so at least there was a place to go now you're like is there boxing this weekend? I don't know. Is there even a place I can go to that's going to show me a boxing schedule? It doesn't really exist except for certain boxing websites or, or Twitter feeds that'll tell you who's boxing where on, on Saturday, who's boxing where on Friday, and where you can find it. There's also a proliferation of platforms, most of which have a fee associated with it. And by the time you're done, you know, you're paying DAZN $9.99, you're paying ESPN $4.99, you're getting premium cable with Showtime in order to get that boxing. So you've got all of these things and there's no consistency. And then you throw in a, a pandemic where all sports stop for a year and a half and, and we are where we are. Plus to, you know, to Eddie's point, the, the rise in, in combat sports is really just bloodlust. I mean, look how it's grown in the last 20 years. You want to talk about horrific injuries. We haven't seen cauliflower ears in how many decades on fighters. And literally, these are, you know, 25-year-old guys with ears that are, you know, they look like cauliflowers because they get beat up in their head. So the, the whole notion of this bloodlust and this loss of the construct of the sweet science as sort of this sport where you abide by certain rules, where you spend decades refining your skill set so that you can perform in the ring in this elegant, beautiful manner, like a jazz duet of two dancers is thrown out the window in the favor of the cage. Where did the cage come from? It came from Mad Max movies in the 1990s. Like, yeah, what a great idea. We'll create the dome. Right. We'll make it an octagon. We'll make a fence. You can't get out. It's to the death. Great promotion. So what happens? You've got all these different leagues. So, And you have this sort of people that are signed. They fight each other. They become champions to each other. And where is boxing in the meantime? You know, still like Don King through the 90s and the aughts. Bob, Bob Aaron through the 90s and the aughts. And now, now we're sort of in a free-for-all of who's the promoter. Got 
Eddie Hearn with Matchroom Boxing came into the scene. You've got PBC that came into the scene. And all of their nefarious money, what they're trying to achieve out of all of this, the continued exploitation of the fighters. And then at the same time, at least in the United States, you've got a crash and burn on the amateur program. USA Boxing struggles every day to have the funding to be able to support an elite amateur group, a core of fighters, men and women that can go out and compete internationally and be able to win medals in major competitions in the Olympics every four years. So you've got all of that. Plus, you've got the corruption on the side of AIBA, which is the, the main organization for amateur boxing internationally. And you've got that whole mess. So where does that leave the poor schnook who wants to be a fighter or the young, young woman or the young man that walks into the gym and right. really has a hunger to fight and to box? I mean, on, on the good side, you have something, you know, Eddie spoke to the notion of all of these different belts and not knowing who the champions are. And at least in women's fighting at the 140 pound uh, weight class, you've got four fighters, four belts, who are going to have, you know, a, a road to undisputed. They're going to have the first fight is going to be in October between uh, um, the Chantel Cameron and Mary McGee. They're going to contest the WBC IBF belt plus the ring magazine belt. And then a couple of a month or so later, you're going to have Callie Reese and Jessica Kamara, the uh, Canadian fighter fight for a vacant WBA and the IBO fight. And then the winner of those two fights will meet each other. And this means that there was cooperation between Lou DiBella, who um, manages two of the fighters in terms of their promotions, that they're uh, uh, as a promoter and Eddie Hearn's match from boxing, who is supporting the other two. And they've come to an agreement and they're going to promote it. And the women are going to be paid at least reasonably well. Right. It will have established timeframes and so on. So there is this push to do that, whether it's on the women's side of boxing or the men's side of boxing, but it's blown out. It's blown up because there's no consistency. Nobody wants to talk to each other. You got a fighter like Terrence Crawford. When was the last time he fight? Where are his big fights? Well, nobody wants to deal with Bob Aaron, you know, who's with top rank. They can't make the fights. Wow. So what do we do? And, and, and then, so what's attractive? As you said, Eddie, you know, and, and both Chris and Eddie, you know, you talk about who's the audience for these mega fights, these influencer fights where you get some, you know, tall gladiator blonde who's going to come in and crush people right. in boxing, you know, the Pauls. That's awesome. They brought a lot of money to their first cards that they fought on 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 Matchroom, on the zone. They were the top. They were the main event with a very large card behind them of legitimate fights. But the amount of money it brought into the zone was absolutely obscene. Money wow. and viewers, and which which for the zone means new subscribers, right? Because it's a subscription service. Well, I can't it's believe the they let the boys go. Well, that was just a one, you know, one-off oh. deals, but, and now you have Kavanaugh and Triller and, you know, whoever right. else is looking at this saying, Hey, I can make some money. And exactly. it's a free for all because there is no consistency. There's no regular shows. There's no willingness for it. There's not a lot of money. We still can't put fannies in the, in the stands. There hasn't been a boxing show in New York 
since since COVID, right? You know, so the the, uh, the, the trailer had didn't they have one at the Hulu theater? The oh, yes, you're right. You're right. I, I apologize. You are right. That was the only show. Which the I heard that show. there were very few fans for the boxing. And when they had their, their rap show afterwards, that's when all the fans came in. I was told that by someone who was covering that show. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, and, and there have been these, uh, there, are, there are pro-am shows in boxing that have happened over the last 10 years. There also was a show uh, out in San Francisco, I want to say around the seven, six or seven years ago with MMA and boxing because uh, Anna Hulatan, who's uh, who was a female boxer that was up and coming champion and um, may have been the first on a Showtime card back then, um, fought in one of those and they had a cage and they had a boxing ring and they did very well. And this was, um, you know, around San Francisco. So, uh, and certainly in the local markets for local fights, there's still the willingness to come and support fighters. Um, but this larger context of these large shows that are out of Vegas or California or New York with major networks, it's catch us catch can. Is what yeah, I'm the sure. show, the, the local promoter here does hybrid events, which I think is pretty cool. And he, he's, well, in the beginning, he did the cage and the boxing ring, and then they just let the MMA guys fight in the boxing ring now. So it turns out, and the place is sold out every time. Well, MMA shows before UFC were held in the equivalent of a boxing ring in Japan and Brazil and and places like that. But, and, and of course you had the Ali Inoki fight back in the seventies, which uh, a lot of people don't understand how that was not a real fight. We can get into that uh, another time, but in terms of more recent years, look who started to normalize this Mr. 49 and oh Floyd Mayweather himself, where yeah, his last two fights, he's fighting, an overmatched Pacquiao and then Andre Berto. But at least those guys were real professional fighters that held belts and had a history in boxing and all of that. And then he, he retires and comes back to fight McGregor, the UFC fighter. That started to normalize all this kind of sure. spectacle. And then he goes to Japan to fight the, the much smaller uh, kickboxer and MMA fighter, uh, Nasukawa, who was completely overmatched. Floyd hadn't knocked anybody out in boxing in, in who knows how long, and he knocks this guy out in the first round. And, and, and all the MMA people are, oh, wow, you know, it's really something, because they don't understand what the hell is going on with this stuff and people have not been educated you watch other sports i'll just give one example from from baseball baseball's now entering the, the pennant chase and the playoffs soon you'll see discussion on baseball games major league baseball games of what uh pitch selection where the batter is standing in the box, what what the pitcher is doing, where the defense is. They'll explain a lot of those elements of the game. There's a lot missing in terms of what they explain, like why so many people are getting injured all the time and getting uh, getting COVID all the time. But in terms of some of the, the, the techniques, they'll explain some of that. And, and they even, they'll even have illustrations about that. 
you 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 used to have that more in boxing. You don't have that in the announcing anymore. Everything is great, and the announcers are going whooping it up and yelling and screaming just like they're fans. They're not explaining this stuff. And now you have generations of people who've never seen decent explanation of boxing technique and boxing announcing. And so what do they, they think everything is great. They've seen the, the, the clown Joe Rogan calling every punch and every kick in the UFC. Great. You know, everything is great. They've grown up with this. So they're not educated to this. And the websites are generally not educating people to this because they're that who are the who are the big websites that tied into either promoters or networks so who are the big boxing websites espn which also telecast fights ring magazine which is uh run which is owned by delahoya and some of the others and the promoters themselves are now more and more establishing their own websites or having People interview the promoters who don't really ask the tough questions. Because if you ask the tough questions, that's going to be the last interview you do with them. So, so it's just out of this propaganda, this propaganda that's gone on, and and people get, and people see that it's crap. So, you know, you, it, it's, it's gotten so bad to the point I really don't think it can be repaired. I'd be very surprised if it's repaired. You get a lot of people that push for a lot of changes in the 90s in boxing are still around and they're not getting any hearing from anywhere. You used to have situations like this in boxing. Members of Congress would call for investigations after these types of things would develop back in the Day. Who's even commented on this about Holyfield being involved in this is horrid, disgraceful spectacle? Nobody. You're right, Eddie. Since since John McCain, um, you know, left the Senate, there's no one who at all advocates for boxing in any manner or form. And I don't know that there's anyone in Congress, in the House or the Senate that even has it on their radar as something that is important. To, to no, pursue. I think an organization would have to approach Congress or somebody in Congress because, I mean, that's the only way I see changes happening. If they're going to update policies, it has to be done through, through this uh, Muhammad Ali Act or something that's similar to it has to come into play because yeah and perhaps because watching know, watching i'm telling you like i believe older guys can get in the ring they should have had an exhibition it shouldn't have been a real fight um but beltor and evander holyfield watching that evander holyfield should have never received a fight license never i know he didn't pass a neuro exam he could not have passed that exam there's a memory test there's a talking test. There's a hand test. And I saw his hands doing this at some point. So, no, uh, yeah, there, there should be a federal, some type of legislation passed or, to up, like you said, Eddie, to update the Muhammad Ali acts or whatever acts we have on the books to protect fighters and give them a pension. But I yeah, don't think it's going to come from the United States because I think it's a whole general decline of critical thinking and and fighting for decency in the United States that's gone on 
overall. You're starting to see a lot of more articles about this from places like Ireland, which had a deal with the Kinahan situation where uh, boxing was pretty much banned from Ireland because of the the stuff that the organized crime elements were doing, the, the uh, Regency Hotel shooting and, and all of that. So I'm seeing more articles from the Irish media about this and some in the British media about this. Wh whether that's going to lead to change somewhere, I don't know. It might be, might be too little uh, too late. Right. Or it might be that the, the, you know, the home of boxing shifts out, back out of the United States. You know, boxing right. was created in Great Britain and it was the center in Great Britain until about the 1830s. And it's been in America really as a, as a huge sport since what, about the 1880s with the rise of bare knuckle boxing. And it's never really left the United States as a center of power for the sport. But maybe uh, what's going to happen is it's going to shift to Europe or shift to the UK, which is certainly uh, putting out a lot of product and a lot of reg regular product on consistent stations where their fans can watch the sport, not only in the UK, but across Europe. Mm -hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what those effects are going to be and what that's going to look like. Yeah, we welcome any change at this point. And I, I read the, the article you posted, uh, you tweeted out, Melissa, about the, the IBA uh, changes that are coming that they're trying to do. And if they stick to that plan, it, it's a start, definitely. Well, it is a start. a start. And it, it also will mean that, you know, it, it, boxing has been on the chopping block as an Olympic sport uh, really since 2016 because of all the horrific scoring and everything else. Right. It got into the 2020 by the skin of its teeth, if you will. And 2024 is really up for questions. I mean, and, and the notion that boxing, which was one of the Olympic, original Olympic sports in the Greek games, uh, you know, written about by Homer, uh, just is, is extraordinary to conceive mm. that the sport would be dropped from the Olympic games. Um, so Aiba's already suspended and they still haven't unsuspended them. And there's a question yep. about who, who is the leadership of Aiba today? Uh, the Russian Boxing Federation had uh, Kremlev took over and he brought in as a sponsor Gazprom, which is a Russian state funded <laughs> gas oh, monopoly at a over. time when <laughs> Russia is still. <laughs> Uh, still face some type of limited suspension from the from the Tokyo Olympics. They they are bringing in uh, Professor Richard McLaren to supposedly clean up that organization, but who is very respected, who was involved in uh, helping expose the the Russian state sponsored doping program that went on. And he's supposedly working to reform Aiba, but are they going to listen to him? That, well, you that, know, the article today talked about putting out new judging and refereeing rules, much more training. I, I mean, a whole platform of opportunities, whether it actually comes to pass, whether it's right. real, it, time will tell. But there is certainly an initiative to move somewhat aggressively to expand and to sort of clean up Aiba's act in terms of 
the two areas where they have had faced the most criticism, which is judging and refereeing. And that includes a women's, what they're calling a women's sort of empowerment um, group or aspiration group to bring more women into roles as officials, as referees and as judges. And down the line, it will lead to new rules and regulations for trainers and, and managers and folks that are actually in the corner with the fighters. Again, who knows whether this will really be effective, whether it's just window dressing and the set to use that analogy, or whether this will lead to real deep systemic changes within the organization that will bring back some of the credibility and uh, allow it to become the premier organization that it should be across the, you know, the boxing and the amateur boxing world. Look, I've been following this pretty closely, and they only got stripped of being of being able to run the boxing at the Tokyo Olympics, not because of the corrupt officiating, not because of the corrupt judging, but because they put in as president of IEBA, Gafir Rakhimov, who had been a longtime vice president, by the way, who, according to the U.S. government, is a major figure in organized crime in Uzbekistan, in uh, drug dealing and all those other types of things. And he was sort of like in some other Olympic federations, you have the organized crime guys as vice presidents or whatever, sort of more in the background. People in the know knew about it, but they weren't the front face of the organization. They put him out as the front face and the IOC said, no, you've gone too far. I don't know that they were upset by the corruption. I think they were upset by the, the nakedness of this, similar to what happened with, with Kinahan. So the IOC had no choice because the sponsors are going to say, you want us to sponsor Olympic boxing when you got this guy as a head of your organization? And they refused to change, so they ended up getting kicked out and suspended and then then they said it's going to be different so when they had a a media call which had kremlev and a number of other people i asked kremlev specifically and there were a lot of softball questions i said how are you going to guarantee that a guy that aiba does not again put a guy like rakamov in charge and there was like a silence they said almost like who the hell is this asking <laughs> this, this question just like that and uh kremlev said oh we've changed we're going to change the constitution we're going to do this we're going to do that i don't give a damn what the constitution says if you got still got the criminals in there the american constitution is not changed it's not even had an, an amendment for a long period of time. And yet we saw what happened under Trump. We saw him supporting the January 6th insurrection. So you could say all these nice things, all these things about good governance and blah, 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 blah. All that's very well and good. And who's running this organization? You got a lot of the same people running the organization still in the leadership of Aiba who were there under Rakhimov and didn't didn't say a peep. So we'll we'll see what they do. Uh, we'll see whether the again, like Melissa said, it whether it's real or whether it's window right, dressing. Right. Yeah, well, I, I have to. Uh, they have to clean house, 
And needless to say, I am skeptical about it. I'm willing to see what they actually do. Uh, but let's see what actually happens. But as of this date, they have not been reinstated as an official, uh, as the official uh, Olympic Boxing Federation. So we'll, we'll see what happens with this. And even if they are, the IOC is hardly, uh, you know, a paragon of uh, virtue and fighter against corruption. But so they were too corrupt for the IOC. Really, <laughs> right, really a lot. Boy, <laughs> yeah, really says. <laughs> wow. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You guys have anything else you want to cover, Melissa? Anything you want to cover in the women's boxing world? No, I, I, th I think uh, you're talking about the 140 pound uh, okay, unification yeah, is be... sort of the next big thing that's coming down the pike. Right we on. can save maybe for next week some speculation okay. on big super fights in 2022. All right, cool. How about you, Eddie? What you got? What else you got going on, brother? Well, I've been starting to watch the uh, the sumo. I know you're not real interested in that, but that started again. And look at the technique. There's a lot of good storylines going on. And we're hoping that it inspires people to get involved in amateur sumo, which is much, you know, professional sumo in Japan. They, they keep it from being a diverse outside of mainly Asians. They do have a lot of Mongolians there. But amateur sumo, everybody's involved. And in the U.S., if you look at the people in, uh, involved in amateur sumo, you have black people, Latino people, white people, men and women in equal numbers, LGBTQ people. It's a very different uh, milieu and situation. And if the World Games go on as scheduled uh, July 2022, which is not that far off, in Birmingham, Alabama, it could be a real showcase for sumo and it could really boost in the u.s now there are a lot of ifs in that but i think it's a sport that is very exciting and if you develop it as a real sport and it, and have a diverse a group of athletes and diverse fan base and uh, good governance and all of that i think it's something it's very visual it's very easy to understand but it's also very technical once you really watch it and get to look at what these these athletes are doing so if you want to watch it it's on nhk world japan the uh the september uh grand sumo tournament which you could find online for free and it's on in a number of countries on television they have uh, the highlight events it's relatively easy to find with a little bit of searching so i encourage people to to try to watch that follow what's happening with that sport before it gets spoiled and ruined right on well tell everybody where they can find you eddie yeah well find me in new york <laughs> but uh, <laughs> online i'm not running around like i used All to right. but <laughs> online you could go to my site, eddiegoldman.com. You can Twitter them on a lot at, at, at NHB News. And you could go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash eddiegoldman. Subscribe and you'll see a lot of premium content that you're not getting anywhere else. And, of course, links to my Red Bubble stuff. So you, you can... Uh, that merch. 
yeah, you could look as people go back to school in the United States and uh, we head to, to autumn in this part of the world. You could be the coolest person and have a, a no holds barred with Eddie Goldman shirt or something like that. Well, I'm going to have to order my shirt today, Eddie. I want a no holds barred shirt. Yes. And you, and you well, you're advised to order it at least a size up because I've been told by people who get it that the, that it run, they run small. So get a size or two uh, bigger than what you want. Right on, right on. All right, Melissa, let everybody know where the good people can find you. Sure. Well, I, I'm at girlboxing.org, my website. I've actually just refreshed it. So please check it Woo-hoo. out. Uh, I've added a media page with links uh, to the war room. So that's kind right of awesome. On. You can just go there and yeah. find it. You don't have to go to YouTube. Have a, also a link to a page to my book, A History of Women's Boxing. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at girlboxingnow or on Instagram at girlboxingnow. Right on. Yeah, and I put a link. I put a link. Uh, to Melissa's page also on my site. Oh, well, Thank I guess you. I better put up something somewhere because I've awesome. got something. All right. <laughs> but at least I think I'm going to do at least a big war room placard, that big banner back here so I can change out my, even though I love my love and peace sign back there. But look, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. You guys, before we go, I want to tell you, you know, you need to hit that like button and definitely subscribe Subscribe if you want to hear more in-depth coverage on the corruption in the wide world of boxing and just sports governance in general. Okay, you guys need to tune in every week to the War Room with Chris and Eddie and I am the Fight Goddess and we will see you next week. Peace. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Fight Shop, home of the Skulls Double End Bag, the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Fight Shop. Advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Skulls, that's S-K-U-L-L-Z, fightshop.com. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Also, please subscribe to the No Holds Barred page on Patreon. For much more No Holds Barred content, that's at Patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman. Now... 
You can also support our independent, no-holds-barred journalism by purchasing items such as t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, mugs, pillows, masks, and even mini-skirts at the new No-Holds-Barred with Eddie Goldman shop on Red Bubble. It has also been recommended to me that people choose sizes on the large side, as some items may run small. You can browse all the items for sale and then place an order at redbubble.com slash people slash Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow my site, my blog, the easiest way is go to eddiegoldman.com. Dot com. For No Holds Barred, this has been Eddie Goldman.